Good morning everybody. I am Sagda Sharma. I am going to present the Hindu editorial dated 24th December 2021. This podcast is for those who do not have time to read newspaper themselves. The analysis of the editorial is given on the last segment of the podcast. Let's get started. Happy preparation. needed a public health data architecture for india it would be better off with few comprehensive national surveys than being over dependent on the omnibus nfhs this article is written by anand krishnan in a country perennially thirsty for reliable health data the national family health survey is like an oasis it has a large volume of data that is openly accessible The report of the fifth round of NFHS was recently released covering phase 2 states where data collection was delayed due to novel coronavirus pandemic. Since then we have had a spate of articles by journalists and scientists covering different aspects malnutrition fertility domestic violence to name a few. It is the go-to source for many researchers and policy makers and is frequently used for various rankings by Niti Aayog. Range and scope For the uninitiated the NFHS is a large survey connected in a representative sample of households throughout India which started in the year 1992 to 93 and is re- repeated at an interval of about 4 to 5 years it is a indian version of the demographic and health survey dhs and it is known in other countries currently the survey provides district level information on fertility child mortality contraceptive practices reproductive and child health nutrition utilization and quality of selected health services the respondents are largely women in the reproductive age group 15 to 49 years with husbands included the fifth round covered 6,36,699 households 7,24,115 women and 1,1839 men across the country each survey cost upward of 250 rupees crore rupees and the funding for different rounds of nfhs has been provided by the united states agency for international development the department for international development the bill melinda uh, the bill and melinda gates foundation unicef and united nations population fund and the ministry of health and family welfare government of india over the years its scope has been expanded to include hiv non communicable diseases or ncds vitamin d3 it has now become an omnibus train which where everyone and everyone is free to climb into for a f- ride it offers something for everyone while there is a level of efficiency in adding some questions to an existing survey this has been lost a long time ago in the nfhs in fhs for the household question near had 74 questions the women's questionnaire was 93 pages long with 1139 questions and the men's questionnaire was 38 pages long with 843 questions the nfhs 5 questionnaire was even longer the size of the survey has obvious implication for data quality Other surveys and goals. The NFHS is coordinated by the International Institute for Population Science (IIPS) Mumbai, and the actual survey is outsourced. There is an entrenched set of agencies which survive on the survey. Issues have been raised on the quality of these agencies and their workers. The NFHS is not the only survey that the Health Ministry conducts. In the last five years, it has conducted the National NCD Monetary Survey, the National Mental Health Survey, the Global Adult Tobacco Survey, the Alcohol Survey, the Comprehensive National 
the nutrition survey and many others many of these have been implemented by premier academic institution at cost below 25 crore rupees though none of these generated district level estimates some of these surveys are done to meet the global commitments on target ncds tobaccos etc however the requirement for the monitoring of ncd targets are not met by the nfhs as it covers an age group different than that needed for the global set of indicators yet efforts to get the nnms sanctioned met with stiff resistance as decision makers felt that the nfhs was enough to answer those questions as already said for tobacco we have already another vertical survey then why do we have questions on these in the nfhs it is because we are confusing research with programming monitoring and surveillance needs question on domestic violence and blood collection for vitamin 3 levels are good example of this blobs guided thinking alignment is difficult there have been previous attempts to align these surveys but they have failed as different advocates have different demands and push for inclusion of their sets of questions while the department of planning statistics and program monitoring is supposed to take a final call it lacks the technical capacity and the heft to do so and ends up using a please all approach of accepting all requests with some effort at alignment everyone is happy except perhaps the stakeholders with no power of negotiations the household which is selected for the survey Another reason why these questions are not dropped altogether is that the NFHS is the only major survey that India has a record of doing regularly. One does not know if and when the other surveys will be repeated. For example, we do not have any surety that the second round of NNMS will be conducted though it is to do. So the general thinking is that do whatever is possible as something is better than nothing. Multiple surveys also raise the problem of different differing estimate as is likely due to sampling differences in the surveys. We noted this for example in tobacco where differences in tobacco use estimates of global adult tobacco service surveys and the NNMS needed a lot of effort at reconciliation and explanation. Another example is the issue of wide divergence in sex ratio at birth reported by the NFHS and the sample registration system SRS. The SRS is a better system for it as it continuously enumerated the population unlike the NFHS which is a cross sectional survey well known for recall biases. There must be purpose. It is time we question this rationale and end the over dependence on one omnibus survey to provide all public health data for India. The experience of the NFHS and other surveys has conclusively demonstrated our capacity to conduct large-scale surveys with computer-assisted interviews and reasonable quick turnaround call and cost. Can we now show that we have the capacity to plan the public health data needs for the country and ensure that these data are collected in an orderly and regular manner with appropriate budgetary allocation? This requires clarity of purpose and a hard-nosed approach to the issue. Some tough calls will have to be taken, including questioning the need for vertical surveys, irrespective of national or international funding. We have to identify a set of national level indicators and surveys that will be done using national government funds at regular intervals. I propose just three national surveys and abridged NFHS focusing on reproductive and child health issues, a behavioral surveillance survey focusing on HIV, NCD, water sanitation and hygiene, wash related and other behaviors, and one nutrition biological survey entails collection of data on blood pressure, anthropometry, blood sugar, serology, etc. Then every three to five years in a staggered manner, we need to look at alternate models and choose what suits us best. This does not include data sources on mortality and the health system. 
a roadmap. I also propose, as was done for the NNMS, that we have we take a national level sample for such surveys and ask states to invest in conducting focused state level surveys. States have to become active partners, including providing financial contribution to these surveys. For a detailed understanding on some issues, each round of survey can focus on specific area of interest. Other important public health questions can be answered by specific studies which may or may not need a national level study conducted by academic institutions on a research mode based on availability of funding. It is also very important to ensure that the data arising from these surveys are in the public domain. This enables different analysis and viewpoints to be presented on the same set of data enriching the discussion and unlocks the full potential of the survey. Are we ready to establish a public health data architecture that a country of a complexity needs? We have the technical capacity to do so. All it requires now is the political will. Dr. Ananda Krishnan is professor at the Center for Community Medicine, All India Institute of Medical Sciences, New Delhi. He has been involved in many of these surveys in advisory capacity. The views expressed are personal. This clean cooking fuel plan needs more firing up. Sustaining LPG adoption in rural India is a challenge, but the goal must be a more sustainable energy basket per family. This article is written by Nidhi Prebhat Tewari. In the middle of November 2021, I met Linu Biswal, who is in her early 20s in Tangdeshinga, Gram Panchayat of Deogar district in Odisha. She lives with her in-laws and is pregnant with her second child. Her husband works in another district and visits home once in a few months. They have an Ujula connection, but it has not been refilled for a long time. The Pradhan Mantri Ujula Yojana is a flagship scheme of 2016 with an objective to make clean cooking fuel, such as LPG, available to the rural and deprived households, which were otherwise using traditional cooking fuels such as firewood, coal, cow dung, cakes. Health and clean energy. When I ask her whether she likes cooking with gas, she nods with an emphatic yes. She also says that she wants a refill. I asked her if she has a sum of about 950 rupees to pay for the refill of the last cylinder. It's a yes again. We go through her LPG customer book and call the LPG distributor to make a refill booking. The cylinder is delivered to her in two days. There is a lesson in this. Kirk Smith, the eminent professor from Berkeley who passed away in 2020, was an expert who worked on an indoor air pollution in India for over three decades who talked about the high returns in terms of health gains by targeting pregnant women to have LPG excess. There is also Dr. Gagi who runs a rural health clinic in Udaipur with a non-governmental organization who recommends cooking with gas to tuberculosis patients who consult her. According to recently released a National Family Health Survey 5, there was a higher prevalence of TB in households that were using solid fuels when compared to those using clean cooking fuels in most states. With the number of LPG distributors going up in the five years of Ujula from 17,916 to 25,116, the number of administrative blocks which do not have an LPG distributor has come down drastically. There are hundreds if not thousands of villages where there was not a single LPG connection before the days of Ujula, hence the delivery of cylinders at the village level was unheard of. Use of fuel stacking 
In villages, I often see kitchens using multiple types of cooking stoves, LPG, fuel woods and oxygen, electric heaters, and even kerosene. An open firewood chula is often used for bath water, cooking large quantities of parboiled rice and cattle feed. Some of these may not shift to LPG anytime soon. This fuel stacking is similar to the practice of the poor of having a basket of livelihood options instead of being reliant on a single source of income. This takes into account factors such as uneven cash flow, seasonal availability of biomass, and ambient heating requirement during winters. During extreme weather events, LPG cylinders come to the rescue. Data on LPG use Over the five years, the average per capita consumption among Ujula customers has hovered around three cylinders per year of 14.2 kg, rising to 44.2. When the full impact of free refills under the Pradhan Mantri Garib Kalyani Yojana was seen, a paper in Nature, Kare All, showed that only 45% of non-Ujula rural consumers use five or more cylinders per year, while data from all marketing companies show that from October 2020 to September 2021, 32% of Ujula households were using five cylinders or more in a year. Therefore, relatively poorer Ujula consumers are reaching the LPG consumption levels or of relatively well-off non-Ujula rural consumers. LPG has earned its place in the cooking energy basket of the poor. It is also not a greenhouse gas. Intergovernmental panel on climate change is signed with a global warming potential factors of zero. Solar electric heaters, improved biomass, shula or biogas also qualifies to be a part of energy basket. Factors at help. After completing the target of enlisting 8 crore Ujula customers in late 2019, three oil marketing companies which handle the distribution of LPG through their network of distributors have shifted their focus to reach out to low-refill consumers. A quick recap of what has made it possible for someone like Lino to have an option to use LPG is in order. It was a successful implementation of direct benefit transfer of LPG that is DBTL or Pehel Pratyaksha Hansdarit Lab scheme of 2014 which freed up the financial resources needed to dream of a large-scale program for deposit-free LPG connections. Once Ujula was conceptualized and launched, enhanced availability of LPG was ensured. The next was to enhance various capacity capacities such as of the ports for handling imports, of tanks for storage of LPG, of pipelines and trucks for transportation of gas, and of bottling plants for filling in more cylinders. Production of cylinders, pressure regulators, hose, and affordable LPG stoves was also enhanced. New distributors or dealers were appointed to reach remote pockets. In addition, then Petroleum Minister Dharmendra Pradhan also sustained enthusiasm for Ujula, creating avenues for local MPs and other elected representatives to support Ujula and its implementation. A challenging phase. The novel coronavirus pandemic has resulted in LPG price having gone up and governmental support focusing on other challenges. This development could derail the gains made by Ujula consumption in terms of LPG adoption. It is time to get creative about how to sustain LPG adoption in these challenging times. Ujula also has the potential to deliver benefits on many fronts. Overall, the push has to be such that every household moves towards adopting a more sustainable cooking energy basket, improvements in regular and on-demand supply of LPG, options for refill financing, alternative remunerative uses for cow dung and biomass, possibly on the pattern of procurement of cow dung as is being done in Chhattisgarh, and a massive boost to women's incomes through the National Rural Livelihood Mission all have great potential to nudge women to choosing a more sustainable cooking mix.
निधि प्रभा तिवारी वर्क्स एज अ सीनियर सोशल सेक्टर स्पेशलिस्ट ऑन यूजला विद द मिनिस्ट्री ऑफ पेट्रोलियम एंड नेचुरल गैस दिस विस व्यूज एक्सप्रेस्ड आर पर्सनल